0: Welcome to Leporty, your weekly destination to hear about what happened in the hospitality industry around the world last week. My name is Miriam and this is Mish.
1: Hello. What we do is basically dig through hundreds of different newspapers and media sources and compile it for you so you don't have to waste that time.
0: We also keep you updated on global events, what's up in academia and what softwares are currently changing the industry.
1: Yes, and uh, we do that while providing you sources uh, for all of the things we look up. However, we will do give our own opinion once in a while.
0: All right, let's dig right in and share our opinions. Let's
1: do that. <laughs> so, Miriam, uh, it's week two of this uh, wonderful year. Um, I assume you're feeling great.
0: Well, you assume that. Yes, I do.
1: But, <laughs> I mean, what yeah. do you assume that? I mean, it's the beginning of the year. We all had a mini holiday, right? Uh, people usually good feel good about that after it at least, true. at least we have at least a few weeks before everybody feels tired again and wants to have a holiday.
0: Yes. And, then, and somehow the new year always has this like magic of having new drive to start new things and new habits and all of these things. So, yes
1: new opportunities right before you get disappointed about what actually will happen this year it's
0: pessimistic so pessimistic
1: all right well i mean we haven't released the week two yet uh, on our wonderful uh, website however here are already some uh, preview of what we have dug up this week uh, motion page. exactly uh, this is the source of old information this is where we write it up basically um Let's go let's go look at this. Um first of all, uh, I think we we can look up in the follow-up news of this uh, of this year. Uh first and foremost, Gen Z and millennials trends again. Uh so we've looked at this about half a year ago there was a report about what Gen Z and millennials like well the fresh one uh from skift has been released and they've looked into kind of the social media the uh, the various gen the various generation younger generations look into what kind of things they want to book and uh, also you know what they what they personally sort of why they go travel right what is the reason what they seek out and um exciting to, i think to me the most uh unique thing that really surprised me was what they book so here we can see a graph uh, basically as you can see here, almost, so around, on average, 60% between both generations book hotels, right? So not vacation rentals, not any boutique hotels that everybody talks about, not hostels, uh, none of that. Cruise ships, you can see, are at 1%. So the gen- the, these two generations, basically, you can say almost exclusively travel through hotels. <laughs> T- to me, that is it's a bit of a surprise. I expected that to be a bit more diversified.
0: As well i thought airbnb would be higher up hostels would be higher up but i guess it also like it maybe has to do with the supply
1: i think you know everybody while everybody talks a lot about airbnbs everybody talks a lot about you know this new generation type of stays and how amazing they are if you actually look at you know the simplistic sort of the basic numbers of the actual volume of guests You know, on all fronts, Airbnb is way lower than booking. I don't remember the exact numbers, but we looked at them a few weeks ago. Um, Hostels are a very minor set of uh, offerings as of now. And, uh, you know, other things like resorts and boutique hotels are still quite a a small segment. So the majority of people still stay in hotels, right? (laughs) There's a lot of talk Mm -hmm. about alternative stays, but in the end, it's all just hotels, to be honest. That's
0: that's an interesting finding, something new in one of these reports talking about what millennials and uh, Gen Z do and how they book. Yep. That's an interesting follow-up
1: So then there's the sort of more obvious facts, like, well, facts, you know, the survey results, um, about 20% of them use social media. So the number one social media used across those generations, Instagram. right, so they don't go on, they don't buy newspapers, unfortunately, or not as much. They don't go on Facebook, they go on Instagram. The next one is... don't buy on TikTok? No. Well, TikTok uh, wasn't actually there yet as high up. Um, We can look at the graph later, but basically the second one is YouTube. So the top two are Instagram and YouTube, right? Um,
0: Second one is YouTube?
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, it is a social media, right? So that's where people go. Video Uh, content. Get it. Yep. I mean, it's free, right? So, you know, not everybody has Netflix. So this is where okay. you can get those wonderful generations and try to convince them to stay in your beautiful property. Yes. M- but if you're a hotel, if if you're not a hotel, well, probably not. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty simple piece of news. And, you know, yeah. if you, if you want to pick up on the source, go to our website and the the link is provided there. And there's a few more. Details about what these people like, what they do. Right? For example, one of the, the number one listed reason why they travel is adventure and outdoor activities. <laughs> I feel like people who go to the most people go to the beach and stay there for a week. It doesn't? I happen. was just gonna say, what
0: kind of what kind of what kind of survey was that?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe the segment was you know. Or at least maybe that's the perception of the people that they go on an adventure. You know,
0: like I'm going, I mean, drinking at the beach can be an adventure for certain people, I guess.
1: Yeah, make sure you stay safe, right? <laughs> that kind of adventure.
0: There's a lot that can happen in Mallorca on the beach, though. So. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. All right,
0: I think it's time to move on. Correct. Let's move on to our next um, kind of follow-up news, which is I always love that one. So as you remember, last year um, Choice Hotels wanted to buy uh, Winham. Winham mm. didn't want to be bought. Now Winham kind of started an antitrust dispute against Choice meaning right a claim of anti-competitive business practices they're saying that buying so windham says that the purchase that choice wanted to make of their property is is, is not um a good business practice or exactly and in the article you can find um the presentation that windham has made mm-hmm. and then kind of the debate of why choice says that their claim that it's not competitive is not real it really goes into detail and like str data and how they're kind of uh how their position and why they're not competitive. blah 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 blah. so if you're really interested you can go into details um is there something particular that you saw me that you thought was particularly interested interesting
1: I mean, it's it's as a as a whole, right? It it's probably an attempt to just get rid of a choice. I mean, it's hard to claim that this is a a monopoly type of move because there's so many hotel chains out there, right? Just just a few weeks ago, we talked about how there is now over a thousand different hotel brands. So, but on that note, yeah. Choice is one of the biggest hotel chains in the world, and I find it actually good to ban them from buying new brands but then again that should be applied to all hotel chains why should it be started at choice choice is not the number one hotel chain in the world at the moment at least right so
0: yeah i mean these are the biggest i guess uh, franchise givers in that sense right choice and and winham they're not operating themselves they're mainly giving franchises and in that sense could be comparable so yeah if you're into that dispute there are many many details that you can find in the article I um, just wanted to kind of point it out that that's still going on. I remember last time they said that they want to try again in May. So I'm sure we are going to have a follow up again in May.
1: I mean, also, right at this point, I'm sure the people who work at Winham, I'm, you know, very hyped about being <laughs> purchased by choice. I mean, we talked about it before, but like if I would be working there right now and I mean, I'm not sure if it's, you know, a public thing and they discuss it internally, sort of uh, openly you know, in a transparent way. Nonetheless, if you read the news or you follow our newsletter, <laughs> you kind of might be like, whoa, okay, what is going on there? <laughs> you wouldn't feel very comfortable and you, you know, so yeah. I agree. Perhaps uh, we should, you know, it should be like a democracy, you know, if, if, yeah. Uh, Imagine uh, and one country, you know, you know, those referendums when different areas want to become independent, like Brexit, right? <laughs> maybe when the employees should vote if they should join the choice hotels. <laughs> so yeah, you know.
0: maybe that. Yeah, I think that would be a fair, uh, democratic solution. I don't know if that works like that though.
1: <laughs> no, probably not. Not yet. We'll see. <laughs> maybe
0: okay. one day. Okay. Right.
1: On that note. Uh, Next. We have, I mean, this is a pretty interesting uh, piece of news. Uh, It's pretty straightforward, but um, the U.S. has uh, basically scored 17th out of 18 in terms of destinations um, in the eyes of the global traveler, right? So, apparently, uh, this, uh, so Euromonitor International does this thing where they kind of, rank and uh, different situations that uh, the properties on different uh, topics. So we have here, for example, um, right? You have, uh, one second, let me zoom that in. We have sort of the top destinations out there, right? United Kingdom is number one, France and so on and so forth. And US is all the way at the bottom. So <laughs> the last one before that is China, you know, the brothers in arms, I suppose, to some extent. Um, and I mean, to me, the instinct part was why, right? So there is a pretty simple graph that explains this. and I. Personally, I mean, tell me what you think, but this is supposed to be sort of the the ranking based on which um, the decision is made or where you rank, right? If I would be a tourist, I would probably maybe care about two or three topics out of this. But for example, US uh, is the lowest in terms of government and leadership and national strategy in the eyes of the tourists, apparently. Right. (laughs) Below China, by the way. Right.
0: (laughs) But let's be honest, though. People really care. Like, do people really care about how it's governed in that sense? Yes. Where they want to travel to. I kind of think this is a bit of a. don't really like when I was reading it. I think more of it has to do with the visa. Right. It's always quite complicated to get a U.S visa i remember just traveling there for a week i needed to go to the embassy and i need to get a visa and it was like such a headache to just go there for a week so um, which to me just isn't that to me would be just such a bigger point same as they don't have really trains. if you go to the states you got to get a car otherwise you don't get really made to be unless you just stay near. new york
1: at least here for now, you can see that, uh, so they have a category called EITA air connectivity score. They're number mm-hmm. one, in the, so the air connectivity is apparently one of the best, uh, at least amongst these 18 countries. There is no mm. train or Flixbox or any other comparison, right? So it's mostly air, fair enough. And there is the be- below what you were talking about, the visa and the visa wait time and the customs, right? So it's, I mean, the visa wait time is the lowest, in the world well, not the world right once again across those 18 so uh and you can see here on top that's kind of the weight of each category so identity security and facilitation in where the visa falls into place is 35 percent of the total score and obviously they're pretty low there in terms of visa so i mean i guess fair enough but and
0: oh so that is the biggest weight
1: yeah, it uh, is okay, out of the all of them, yes, but it's it's not, you know, mm. like 60% of the score, it's 35% of the score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh the, to me though, still the the relevant part of it was if you actually look at the total inbound inbound global market share of sort of travellers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um you you US is still number 3 in the world, right? So whatever you want to talk about, you know, uh it's not as you know, it's not dumb there at the 18th the top 3. Number one is France, o- always has been for a mm-hmm. very long time. Uh, the one thing you can do say, though, is first, for example, Turkey, right? You can see here, Turkey went from three point three and a half to 4.5%. I think mm-hmm. it's actually mostly connected to the fact that Russians are not allowed to go to Europe, or it's, at least it's very difficult to do so last year, right, because mm-hmm. of the sanctions. And so all of them are yeah. just going to Turkey. Instable has is is become the, like the most, mm-hmm. one of the biggest uh, logistics trends for them, uh, sorry, um, hubs for them. While travel. the, you know, yeah, exactly in the or US, logistics. sorry, not logistics, travel hubs, right? Uh, okay. And the US has indeed sort of decreased. So the 5.4% down to 5.3% of the market share. <laughs> it's not a big difference, uh, so I think. But to me, it sounds like it's maybe a more of a geopolitical situation rather than whatever, the visa waiting time and other topics, mm. right? Because you can see other countries are kind of changing due to, I mean, like I say, Turkey. Hundred percent. That is again connected to the, you know, the sanctions that Russia has at the moment.
0: Mm. But right, like I, I, I like to think. I saw the the news as well, and I was like, whoa! Imagine what potential U.S. would have in terms of tourism if they would, right, like improve their visa application, their connectivity, blah, like all the the things that we talked about. I guess you know governance and stuff. For it think this is a more difficult one but yeah but imagine me, I mean the US has so many beautiful places and, and I do yeah think that there would be a big potential this is I forgot how much money are they I'm losing
1: um there a of
0: 39 million
1: where do you see that uh
0: they lose about 39 million due to to those difficulties and 150 billions in spending over mm. the next decade if they're not making adjustments, that's kind of what I Yeah, I mean,
1: considering the US I mean, economy is, uh, yeah, that's like a drop in the ocean, big, right?
0: I guess. Maybe. I mean, if... yes, in, if you look at the economy as a whole, but if you look at the travel industry itself only, I think that's still um, significant.
1: Yeah, I'm sure our fellow colleagues in the in the sector would not be excited about this, but I'm I have a feeling the rest of the Americans really don't all care if more or less international people come into that country. In fact, yeah, well, you know, I'm sure there's different opinions on that topic <laughs> coming. Yeah, from maybe
0: it's done on on purpose as well. Sorry.
1: Perhaps I mean, right? It's speculation at this point, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, for those who interested, the, the re- report goes into details about other countries, right? um But it's interesting how geopolitics is definitely influencing this whole situation there. Mm. And yeah, make your sure. visa simple.
0: Yes, I would go to the states more.
1: <laughs> well, not me, but yes. <laughs> I
0: would definitely. I love. uh I love it. But honestly, I remember having to go and get that visa. I was just kind of like, why. Maybe because I wanted to fly to Mexico after I don't. As, as a German citizen,
1: involved. I think you, you just have to inform them and then you go. You don't even need a visa. <clears throat> it's quite straightforward.
0: You need, visa, you need to have a. There, anyway. I Doesn't matter.
1: Go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, what other things would we like to talk about? I mean, uh, do you have anything in mind that you find most interesting?
0: Uh, you Yeah, you had the first one that right, I thought, which was super cool. But we can speak about the Maldives losing 10% of its travelers due to an Instagram post.
1: But, <laughs> or... but I mean, right, I, when I was reading the news that you, you listed there, right, I found it quite yeah. uh, quite, quite awesome. Right, yeah, just keep going. Please enlighten us. What, what's going on? <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so the Maldives has been um, depending quite highly on Indian tourism tourists from india um and the there was the was the prime minister i uh, was on holiday i cannot say the word of the place laksha oh,
1: oh my god yeah whatever Miriam. it's okay i'm, I'm sure a lot of uh, people from there cannot say the name of your village so
0: that's true Anyway, I, I suck at that. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. But anyway, he was there on holiday and promoted this place. Um, and Maldives official made posts on I don't know which social media exactly kind of. Negative ones because they were afraid that he was moving tourism away from the Maldives to that place, which I cannot say, um, and immediately after Um, Indian travelers have started to boycott the Maldives, which has resulted in a 40% drop in bookings over the last two days, which I think is enormous, um, for a dispute like that. I mean, I think there are more geopolitical challenges between India and the Maldives, right? Um, that was not the only one. But I found it very, very interesting. That uh, that was an outcome of it. What do you think, Mish?
1: I mean, right? You, if you <clears throat> um, the Maldives kind of have brought it on themselves, though, right? I think this is actually a response because the current president actually campaigned on a slogan called "India Out."
0: <laughs> yes, I, I read that as well. Exactly. Which which is just
1: mm-hmm. ridiculous. If you're, I mean, that's why we listed it here, right? The 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 GDP yes. of Maldives thirty percent of it is tourism. 30 percent and campaigning on anybody out or in is just such a self-defeating
0: 380 million um of income per year from the maldives come from indian tourism
1: gone you know with the jobs and and, uh, all the other (laughs) wonderful things I mean that could be also the topic. I'm not sure what the political situation is in there. Maybe people are unhappy with Indian travelers, but nonetheless, right? Uh, when 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 Catalonia right protests tourism and Barcelona wants to kick out tourists. Fair enough to them, right? The economy is not 100% dependent, <laughs> not 100%, right? But the, the, the GGP section of Barcelona that consists of tourism is way lower than 30%, right? So basically, every third person that works in Maldives is dependent on, uh, on, uh, on tourism, right? So it's a slightly different situation here. And so Prime Minister Modi is basically just advertising internal travel, <laughs> which is a great thing makes, for them.
0: Of course, it mean, yeah. makes a lot of sense no i but yeah i also i've also read that maldives is trying to kind of shift their focus away from India to china yeah um in that sense but
1: as we put it right wrong bet because chinese travelers still haven't come back in this year right so uh, basically they ended up with nothing
0: I've kind of of skipped that piece of news, to be honest. I was like, we've talked about that so many times already.
1: Uh, But in this context, it's pretty relevant, right? As a destination, you should be trying to be welcoming for everyone. You could be maybe attracting some people more than others, but you shouldn't tell people... Unless you're Amsterdam and you make advertisements (laughs) that basically state get, well, get out of our our city and don't come back. You will get arrested, right? Where you're completely overloaded with tourism. But in this situation, it's a very different context. But I also,
0: but Nisha, I also find it super interesting that it has such a big reaction, right? Social media posts. I mean, it was a comment underneath um, a post on X,
1: I think. Yep, yes, correct. Uh so, but but the Prime Minister Modi, right, he's he basically made a few posts about the location, right? And I feel like I don't think that was the root cause of it, right? That was the the thing that kind of tipped it over, maybe. Okay. So Okay. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I guess it kind of shows as well that it's quite important on what you write on social media.
1: Best practices, eh? <laughs> this is this can definitely go into the case book for destinations what not to do when you're trying to what? attract tourists i yeah. mean
0: sorry also having a cane campaign india out it just really
1: okay next piece of news um i mean this is uh it's 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 pretty straightforward but um Basically, there was we saw two reports coming out at the same time. Maybe they're trying to compete. I'm not sure. Hilton and Intercontinental, right? IHG Group both released a uh, well a press release. Uh, Hilton with statement that they have opened up their 600th hotel in China, and Intercontinental is now at their 700th. And uh, you know, it sounds like a pretty big number and, you know, they're talking about their strategy. So for example, Hilton is trying to apply different um, models, contract models to attract uh, owners, right? So for example, they some brands apparently are going mostly for management, some are um, franchise and some are actually master leases. So Hilton is effectively leasing out properties as well in China, um, Intercontinental doesn't go into that, such details, but I assume they're going for the same thing. Um, And this sounds pretty great right wow 700 hotel but (laughs) if you actually look at uh, the chinese breakdown so this is for example the right the the pr release of the of in the continental but if you go look at the sort of the top top uh uh where was it Oh right, I didn't list it that way. Uh, but basically, if you go look at the top Chinese hotels chains, they none of them, none of them are from sort of the Western world. Top uh, hotel chains China. Uh, the f- number one is uh, let me show Jingjiang. I think uh, I not want to mispronounce that as well. But uh, so yeah, there we go. Jingjiang is number one. <laughs> uh, let me some some out here so here we go um basically then there is things like Hua huazhou hotels homin and other groups and the, the bottom 10 uh, chain group is called Gongcheng hotel group and they already have 747 hotels right so it shows that you know the the locals are more preferred as, <laughs> as the as the partner that locals sign with that is the owner signed with which i think is is in most cases in china to try to make sure that the local, the brands, that the companies that grow internally are indeed Chinese. So there's it's very hard to access the, the market. While, for example, if you look at India, uh, we looked at a few statistics there, but the top hotel chains in India are actually, you know, very, very different. So if you look here, Uh, Marriott is number one. At least this is the latest numbers that we could find, right? I'm sure it might be slightly different now. Marriott is 15,000 rooms, right? So that's a Western hotel chain and it's number one. That already shows, I guess, how open India is or how perhaps it is feasible to do business in India even though you're not Indian per se. And then the second one is an Indian chain and then it moves on to sort of different types of brands including, for example, Accor, right? Accor has 9,000. And uh, Hilton, for example, has 2,800. (laughs) um <laughs> uh, hotel uh sort of uh sorry rooms in in india right and this is this is a, right this is it actually is another indicator that india is not a lot of rooms are owned by chains right so the previous statistic we looked at china that that number was hotel amounts right and this is hotel and this is room amounts, right? Then this is from let me see, this is so the source is HVS and I think this is from two thousand oh seventeen. Yeah, those numbers might be uh slightly updated this day, but still, right? Uh it's a pretty pretty major difference. Um uh, and it shows that
0: about two hundred hotels.
1: Sorry? If you're taking,
0: it's like two hundred hotels in, in like Hilton is about two hundred
1: somewhere on there i'm sure now it's, it's slightly different right they've they've had basically seven years to grow but um uh, yeah we'll see i mean we'll see right the i think <laughs> i think india is definitely a bit more friendly when it comes to trying to open up hotels there uh yeah and this is uh, this uh, for example the, the 2024 numbers at least oh sorry this are 22 numbers uh uh in china unfortunately i couldn't find anything in india that is more recent maybe yeah it's mm. it's hard to report on the statistics there but yeah for example yeah. Oil, oil hotels uh a local indian chain was started around 2016 and i think at some point they were already number one in india with a huge amount of hotels and this is not even on there because this is old statistics but still uh going back to the piece of news right it's quite interesting how there's you know at attempt to grow all over the place. Like, For example, we saw that Accor alone has announced that in 2023 they signed over 14,000 keys across... In China? No, across Philippines, India, and Singapore. Right, so that's that's a big number, right? So I'm sure if we look at the final statistics for India, it, it has changed quite a bit. But sure. it's uh, not as uh, <laughs> net negative as the, as the Chinese statistics, at least relative to the Western chains, right? It's obviously very hard to... Penetrate the so markets.
0: What do you think? It's smarter to kind of do it like the Chinese or doing like the Indians in terms of strategy for growth?
1: I mean, it's always good, right, to, to to be able to grow internally to some extent. But I mean, those kind of numbers, right, when you look at the top 10 hotel chains and none of them are from, from you know, US or Europe, I think to me that's indicative of perhaps right maybe slightly unfair disadvantages towards the, the the western partners right i remember um when i was there the older the westerners who were hotel managers there were basically being kicked out and the visas were not being continued not because of the hotel chains themselves but because uh, china said we have internal staff internal people who are trained and can do the job so why should we continue your visa which is absolutely fair enough right but then also there is the element of best practices and sort of. I mean, the, the benefit of having multiple multi, a multitude of different compet- competitors, right, that benefits the actual end customer. And if you protect your market and you try to only have sort of the locals do things, it might be good for those companies, but it perhaps is not the best for for the actual consumers in the end. Right, because mm. there might be unfair practices going on or you know sort of price control or things like that, right when somebody comes in from from France right, say right they can they try to probably bring the prices down to compete with you, and also you can learn from them right, at the same time in this case, it's not really it's not as as uh as open right, so positives and negatives, i suppose Yep. I mean I. Definitely negative is when you have country like France and basically there's one player and this player owns everyone and we, let, I don't know who that player is, right? But
0: uh, <laughs> Take a big guess. I mean, also, right, it's kind of a similar strategy. It's just different in a different way. It's just one public company and not the government. I mean, I'm sure they have uh, good ties as well, but it's just a different, It's similar strategy.
1: To some extent, yeah. I mean, Germany, for example, right, doesn't have any hotel own hotel brands that are let's say in thousands of different hotel owns like okay. there's other companies that from outside of germany that have more hotels in germany than for example Motel one right mm, <laughs> which is a mm-hmm, german mm-hmm. only not uh, german sort of uh internal hotel brand right so
0: i mean yes i i i don't know exactly the statistics but still right if we say let's say there are lots of Accor hotels even in germany they're still not owned by Accor, right so actually kind of well, the hotel might still be owned by German companies, but run by interesting,
1: right? I mean, it's obviously right, but this is the case everywhere, right? There's developers yeah. and owners, but you know, the end time, the operators are the ones who give more, more the most jobs, yeah. right? The the investment yeah. group yeah. hire has lot less employees than, let's say, a local operator, right? That has to hire several people for per property usually, right? So. Okay, I mean, on that piece of news, uh, what do you have for us? Do you have anything you would like to...? Uh, in...
0: I mean, it's just a quick one about um, how the different hotel chains are planning to provide to the demand in the middle class. I kind of took this out because somehow in my head, I don't know why, but I always thought that the middle class was shrinking. And I don't know why, whether it was the news that I was reading or whatever happened, but actually, in general, the middle class is growing. Um, it it says that 700 million people will join the middle class by 2030, um, which somehow I just didn't, I didn't think, somehow I thought it was shrinking. Um, and then I was wondering, you know, how it's resemb- it's representing about 45%, I think, of people are, are middle class and then they have kind of lower middle class and they define it, um, people who make 11 to $50 um, per day. And then you have upper middle class earning 51 to 110 euros per day. And the hotels are kind of finding ways how to provide to that demand. there are things like, for example, Marriott has this four points expressed by Sheraton, IHG's um, middle-scale conversion brand is called Garna, which is quite new. And then we have Hyatt um, investing into mid-market with Hyatt Studios. Um, yeah, I just, for me, somehow it was kind of Right, kind of
1: I think you're correct in the sense that um, the middle class in Europe perhaps, is decreasing, mostly because mm. of demographics, right? People are getting older and people are dying. But, you know, there's a lot of countries that are currently developing yep. in, a, in a really good mm-hmm. way, right? So like a lot of African countries that are slowly but steadily growing out of the sort of the extreme poverty and uh, a few others, right? And Asia and China, all of those people and India, right, as we saw. He's already becoming a pretty big player. It's so much that <laughs> Maldives is kind of dependent on India, right? Right, and and these people, let's say, 60 years ago were some most of them living in extreme poverty or you know pretty pretty low levels, right? Definitely, below, you know, lower lower class, lower economic class than let's say most Europeans did. So, in that sense, net positive for the rest of the world.
0: Yes. So also because, right, I was I was kind of wondering why they would kind of further expand the middle-class hospitality, kind of the mid-range, because I felt it would go more into either luxury because, yeah, people who have a lot of money will always keep traveling. It's kind of like hedging your risk. But then you also, um, I thought because we have an economic downturn a little bit, um, the economic sector would be growing. But maybe you're absolutely right. Maybe in my head, I have it more focused on Europe or, or Germany and the situation right now. But globally, um, it is it is different. That's just why I thought it was interesting.
1: I wonder, I mean, like, right, if we're looking at India, uh, I mean, the statistics didn't show that yet. But for example, uh, right, the Oyo is uh, definitely on top there somewhere, right? Then there is the touch hotels. And also there was another chain that we saw here, Lemon Tree. I think they had a huge amount of growth since then. Uh, and China is exclusively Chinese hotel chains, basically. Yeah. So, you know, all the Western chains might not actually benefit from this because, uh, you know, local local hotel chains will actually facilitate that demand. Unless you go to okay. Europe, right? I think it's probably more difficult for Chinese hotel chains to, to grow in in Europe. I know Oyo didn't, didn't work out well for them yeah. in Europe either, right? Um, so, but given those... those population trends are actually not in Europe or US, at least mostly, mm. then, uh, you know, whether Hyatt or IHG or, sorry, Internet Continent or anybody else starts a new brand mm. m- won't make a difference because those Indian travelers are probably traveling in India and, and apparently in Maldives. So <laughs> um, we'll see.
0: I mean, I think the middle class section is also quite interesting um, sector for owners, right? Because um, you kind of provide a product that has limited service but still can pay quite a high price for it but they're also okay with limited services so that's why um the, the article
1: extending that. right the article was going into how usually the middle class sort of middle scale properties are not as profitable right because mm-hmm. there is the the low scale like ebus type properties that are is sort of one person per 10 guests, right? And then there's the upper scale properties with huge margins because they charge 1,000 euros per room. And the middle mm-hmm. class usually was kind of middle scale, was somewhere in the middle and nobody knew what to do with it. But I think now with the digitalization, you can definitely fix that quite a bit yeah. by having less staff and more automation. in a nutshell. Sure. Well, I think on that note, we've covered all the news for this week, Miriam. <laughs> yes. And there is more in our newsletter that you can... Uh, check out at leperty.com in the description <laughs> below. <laughs> so all right, all right. Uh, I guess I see you in a couple of weeks right. again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, not on here, but but somewhere else, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, you will see me tomorrow. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, everyone.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.